Hey guys, welcome to the Mighty Thorcast. I am Eddie Lee, one half of the coasting duties for the show. Or no, just Ed, I guess, yeah. Eddie Lee is another persona for another show. Sorry. Uh, Ed. We have so many podcasts we get confused. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> they, they all run together. I'm different people on different shows. And actually on the comic book internet, you probably will run across me as Miskatonic. So that's even a, another persona there. Um, and sometime I'll sit down and talk to you about Indie Man as well. But then, anyways, so Mighty Thorcast, uh, this is episode 21. I'm uh, going to start the show with a little bit of discussion about the... I'm Terry, by the way. Hi. Yes, she she spoke, but she didn't introduce herself. Right, I'm I didn't. Sorry. I didn't say my name. So, yes, that's, that's Ahmed and all those other people, too. Um, we'll start off by talking about the, our impressions of the Thor movie. We're not going to get into a big, long, um, you know, in-depth and detail kind of review or anything like that, even though you would think, being a Thor podcast, we would, or perhaps even some of you think we should. Uh, at the end of the show, I'll give you a list of reasons why we're not going to do it, um, approximately 35 reasons, uh, as a matter of fact. So uh, after that, we'll get into the book discussions for the episode, which will be Issues 126 and 127 of the 1966 volume of The Mighty Thor, and Issue 1 of the 2011 volume of The Mighty Thor. So, Terry, we saw Thor, uh, a midnight showing the Thursday of the week that it opened here in the U.S. Premiere! We went, uh, because we wanted to see the movie, but also because our local comic book shop had kind of a remote thing going there. Um, Plus, it was my first opportunity. I think you said yours, too, to actually go to an opening, premiere, sneak peek kind right, of the, thing the going on there. the first showing of a movie yes. at a theater. Yeah, yes. I've, I've never done that before. I've caught, you know, the first week or, or stuff like that, but I've never caught the first showing. And uh, our theater... Us and is, 14 other people. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting. I've heard a lot of other people bitch about this, but our theater in Bluefield, West Virginia, okay... Bluefield has a standing population of six to 7,000. Our theater got a 2D and a 3D cut of the movie. I've seen a lot of people bitching that they had to go way out of town or whatever to catch a 2D version because they didn't want to see 3D. And a lot of people have been griping about it. And I think the thing that you need to do is you need to go to your theater and gripe at them because I believe it was under their control. Mm -hmm. If our little tiny place can get one of each version... The reason that you guys were not able to find a 2D version is because your theater wanted to gouge you by making you watch the 3D version. And everybody that I have heard talk about the 3D version said that it's not worth seeing it in 3D. Just go see it in 2D. So the bottom line is, hey, I'm sorry that some of your theaters gouged you because that's exactly what they did. Well, I know our local theater doesn't charge you anymore for a 3D viewing over a 2D viewing. Yeah, that's true. But I think I some theaters too. out there do. Most do. For the so, difference, so. Yeah. But um, or at least some theaters make you buy the glasses. Is, is ours gives them out when they do have a 3D. So. Two hours long. Roughly. Right, right at about two hours. Um, there, there weren't for me. There weren't necessarily any slow points in the movie. I've heard a lot of other people say that it's, but I'm like, well, I, I think what you call slow, I call character development. Yes. Uh, you know. Yes. If you want a, a fleshed out character. You're going to not be able to fight all the time. I'm sorry. That's you know. Those people need to go see Fast Five. I've, I've heard that it is like uh, even as a action as from beginning to end. A comic book fan, you know, I'm like, if you want to show the depth of a character, you can't do it when he's holding a sword, hacking somebody's head off. Uh -huh. I, you know, so. Um, I thought all of the characterizations were good. Mm -hmm. um, I particularly liked the. Uh, characterization of Loki. Mm -hmm. I thought that that actor of all of them probably did the best character of any of them in the movie. Um, I was disappointed in the casting of Volstagg. The actor that they got did not fit my image of Volstagg. Now, I will say that my image is based on Marvel Comics. So... 
it would be hard to get an actual human being to really fit my image of Volstagg. It would have to be a lot of CG stuff well, done he, to him. Yeah, he's that big, rotund, eating all the time, but yet still able to fight and, and, and move. And, and in the books, he is so, so much bigger. than I mean, even taller bigger, not just yeah. rotund bigger. He is a monster of a so. man. And in order to get that in a real people movie, they would really have to... But, as far as I don't know anything about the comic book, I'm just seeing the movie. The actor that did Volstagg was fine. Yeah. Uh, there was nothing wrong with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Frost Giants, I thought were cool. I thought they were cool. I thought they were cool. They were all bigger, and they they didn't really look as CGI'd as I think they were. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they were people in costume or whatever, and they just made them bigger. But... Um, Overall, I would say that it it ranks as as one of my top two or three Marvel movies. Um, I still think that my favorite is Iron Man. Uh, it's the gonna, first one. Yeah, it's yeah. going to take a lot to beat Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, it's going to take a lot. But I was also a big fan of the first Blade movie. Now, it's kind of, the Blade movies are kind of separated from these other Marvel movies because Marvel didn't have as direct a hand in that. And then there's other movies floating around out there. There's a Punisher with uh, Tom James. There's a Punisher with the actor that did Volstagg. Ah. That's the most recent Punisher. It was poop. The Tom James one was much better. And I think maybe even back in the Hinterlands, I remember a Dolph Lundgren Punisher. You know Dolph Lundgren? I know Dolph Lundgren. I don't know Punisher. Yeah, okay. It's, um, and, and the Spider-Man movies. Um, I wasn't thrilled with the Spider-Man yeah, the, movies. Yeah, the Spider-Man movies just never did anything no. for me. They were cool, but uh, I still definitely, the, the first Iron Man movie is my favorite. Mine too. And uh, I haven't seen near the comic book-based movies that you have, but Iron Man was my favorite. Well, you've seen a lot of these recent ones. Yeah. And, and that kind of is the breaking point from... In my mind, kind of from Spider-Man forward, all the Marvel movies, and before Spider-Man. It's two different groups of movies. Mm. They didn't. Because there was a, a real uh, Kvetchy Fantastic Four movie, and there's been two others now. Um, there's been a Captain America movie. There's been all three Punisher movies, the Blade movies, you know. But they, they kind of fall into those two groups because... Recently, Marvel has had more of a direct hand, so they do all those things that comic book fans like. There's more continuity. There's characters you recognize, and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. So, um, all in all, I would definitely say go see Thor. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, my recommendation would be though to go see Thor, the movie. Don't go to see your comic books brought to life because that's not what they did. No. Nope. If, if that's why you're going, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, I'll just plain out, you're going to be disappointed. They can't do those things in comic books and translate them to movies well. It, it just it doesn't work. If it did work, they would have done it by now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is probably, what, 10 years or 12 years of solid attempts, and none of them. Spider-Man's, Iron Man, none of them has taken the comic book directly to the screen. So that tells me that it just can't be done. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't know. You know. But if, if you want to go see the movie, go see it for what it is. Go watch it to enjoy it. Uh, you can compare, but don't, don't put it down because it doesn't um, come up to your expectations in comparing it to the comic book. Because I'll tell you right now, it won't. It, 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 it won't. So, and that's the way I, you know, I go. My biggest deal with the movie after I leave is, was I entertained? If that, if, if I was, then the movie did what, what in my mind it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, I've been listening to a lot of reviews and all of the reviews that I have heard, ex- except one, uh, are from comic book fans and they are all jaded with the, why can't it be like the comic book stuff? And, and that's all they ever say. And I'm like, can you people not just go watch a movie to watch the movie? Mm-hmm. 
you know, do you have to be so critical of it? Now, yeah, there are movies that I have enjoyed, but I still wouldn't want to go pay $8, 10 $12 again to go see it. No. You know, once is enough for me. And if it's a movie I do want to see again, I buy the DVD and I have a whole collection of them so I can watch them anytime I want. So, you know, just go see the movie for the movie. And then after you see it, don't make a podcast bitching about how it's not like the comic book because it's not going to be. And any of you guys on any of these other podcasts that listen to the show, that that's what you've done, it's nothing personal, but that's ridiculous. That's just a waste of time. Okay, so. So I guess we're going to segue right into our Thor books. Yes, even though Hercules wasn't in the movie. Not at all. But he was in the, on the last podcast. Yes, he was. So, Because uh, it was the last podcast where he lured Miss Jane Foster. Yes. Away. And and she became, as we call her, the immortal whore. That's, that's why she gained the name the immortal whore. Yes. Okay. So we start out on in episode 120, well, issue 126, so sorry, of the mighty Thor with a full cover of Thor and Hercules battling with Jane Foster doing the oh my thing in the background. And yes, in... Through their entangled yes, arms. through their you entangled can, arms, you, you can, can see, see Jane, Jane doing the, the oh my thing. The mighty Thor, whom the gods would destroy, is the title of this one. And as we go to the first page, they are still battling on the first page. And this is our mighty Marvel instant resume. Hercules has come to Earth. He's got the big eye for Thor's chick. Goldilocks, Goldilocks is bugged but good, so they're fighting it out there. It's as painless as we can make it, and that's in um, Stanley's words. So, got to be Stanley's words. Yeah, it has to be. So Thor is doing his his normal braggart. Not even Hercules can hurt me. And Hercules is doing his usual braggart. You overbearing conceit. He can see that because he's got his own um, the standing joke of Olympus, Thunder God. But now we'll rid you forever. And it was Stanley, the literary lion. Jack Kirby, the penciling pussycat, V. Coletta, the delineating dragon, and Artie Simic, the lettering looks it. He didn't get no cute name. He never does. Uh, Artie, Artie, Artie just Artie. got dissed again, man. Poor Artie. He gets dissed every time. And actually, uh, just as kind of a, a quick aside, there recently was published, I believe, a, a biographical book on Vince Coletta. Oh, okay. uh, talking about his, uh, delineating? Uh, his history in inking comic books. Yeah. Oh, cool. I want to read Samick's story. I don't believe he has. Of course not. Of course not. He's just a letterer, man. Come I on. know. All right, so the, if we begin on the third page with them still battling and, and Thor saying that my hammer is more mighty than your mace and Hercules going, I've never tasted defeat and I shan't now. And Jane going, oh my, they shouldn't fight over me. by immortals because they're just tearing the heck up out of his store. So are they arguing over who has the bigger club? Is that, is that what it it usually has something to do with size. You oh, know? okay. So what can I say? Yeah. So Hercules, they're both very um, egotistical and conceited in this battle. They're spouting um, smack at each other about how you're so small, I'm so big, I'm going to win, you're going to lose, back and forth at each other. And they just keep fighting and fighting and fighting and calling each other names and fighting. And then we go to Asgard. Asgard. And there's a solitary figure rising up on the Rainbow Bridge, which, let me say, in the movie, the Rainbow Bridge was awesome. So was Heimdall. Yes, he was. <sighs> awesome. He was. I mean, he, in, in the movie, it was like, it was far more than really what they've played up in the comic yeah, book. But yeah. it made perfect sense yeah. in given what he was. So, yeah. So, this is this, the, the figure on the bridge is Heimdall because um, Thor has thrashed him in order to get out of Asgard to go back to Earth to see Jane. So, he, he was told by Odin he could not go. And, of course, if he's told by Odin that Heimdall has to try to stop him. And he did, but Thor overpowered him. So, they are kind of patching him up, putting band-aid on, band-aids on him. Everybody's recovering. Everybody's from recovering fight. from the fight because Thor just tore through a bunch of them. 
And they're talking about what Odin is going to do to Thor and not wanting to see what Odin is going to do to Thor. And Odin is quite mad. He's mad because Thor disobeyed once again. He's more angry about the fact that he disobeyed because of that woman again. And he says, I'm going to have to do something about him. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to think about it, but I'm going to have to do something. He is going to have to pay. And he sees through his little mystical machine of glass there that um, Hercules and Thor are down on Earth fighting. If any of you can get a hold of issue 126, Journey into Mystery, page 3, Odin has on one of the coolest helmets I have ever seen. Yes, it's kind of, um, kind of I get a Loki feel. It's reminiscent, but I believe Lokis, do they sweep forward or do they sweep back? They sweep forward and up. And up, yeah. These forward, and down, and, and up. And, yeah, you guys, you can't really describe it. You would have to see how intricately it is done. It's got metal rings on it, and it's interconnected. It's just, it's wild. It's Kirby. Yeah, very Kirby. Very Kirby. That's K-I-R-B-Y, not C-U-R-V-Y. Did I sound like Kirby? I, it might sound like Kirby over the, the oh, okay. but we're saying Kirby, Kirby is in the Kirby, the artist. Yes. yes. Okay, and then we switch back to Earth, and Hercules and Thor are now out in the streets in the moving vehicles, it looks like, fighting. And Hercules is like, hmm, he is the pow- He is equal to the power of me. That's, that I've never met this before. And Thor is like, let no mortal feel the pangs of fear. Only Hercules is target for my mallet. All others shall remain unscathed because the poor humans are running like little scared rabbits. And Hercules is like, hmm. And his hammer returns to him. How can that be? But he still talks some smack about how he wants to battle. And they're tearing up this lovely semi that has two cars attached to it. And they are just demolishing it. Wonderful imagery of the tearing apart of this huge machine by these two men. It's like they're playing with Tinker Toys or something, the way they're just ripping it apart. Yeah, it's, it's shredded. It looks like... It, it looks uh, like it's been through a meat grinder or something. It is completely shredded. Uh, Not compacted, but shredded. Like a... a, like, a, a like cabbage. A chiffonade of cabbage. Yeah. It just... Yeah, it's Listen to him coming out with some cooking words. Hey. Sorry. That's okay. And, and they're still talking smack about how I'm stronger than you and, and you have nothing and, and, and so on and so forth. And... As they're battling and battling and battling, and it's like the mighty power of Olympus. No one has ever broken my hold. You are but a mere mortal. I am a god. You, you should be more impressed. And they end up rolling over onto this huge train, it looks like. And now they're on the train rolling down. It's like a subway train. What happened is Hercules got Thor down, and he went to hit him with the mace. And Thor ducked, and he hit the mace so hard that it crushed through the it broke through the road and they fell down into the subway onto the subway onto the, onto and they're the on the train now and everybody's like what in the world is going what, on yeah up what's there? going on up there and, and they're fighting yeah. on the subway on the top of it still talking smack to each other as it's moving as it's moving yeah and then finally they they get to the end of the line they roll off of that and now they're in a river no they're they're in a building site they're in a building. Yeah, site? it's it's not colored very well. Oh, I'm uh, so it's sorry. it's a it's a place where uh, a building or some series of buildings are being demolished. So they're just in a big. Oh, and and, and there's water. Probably it's rain because there's some water there. But anyway, now they're fighting amongst the big moving machines, the big cranes and 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 forklifts and and that, that sort of thing. And they're tearing them apart. Thor's tore off one of the the. Uh, cablings for the wheels on one of the big machines and he's he's whipping that at hercules yeah it's a big tread off of like a and hercules is picking up a big tire from one of the from one of the other buckets and and throwing it at him so now they're using parts of big machinery and hercules says wonder beyond wonders thou dost have fire in their veins as well as thunder in thy fists i like that He says, nobody else, this is a huge full page picture of them battling, and it's awesome. I mean, you can see every rip and cut and every muscle 
Kirby did a very good job. I'd love job. to have that without the word Without balloons. the words, That'd yeah. be a cool poster. Yeah, it would be. And um, Thor answers him back, and he's, no one can equal my, me, the shattering cyclonic rage of Thor. Yeah, basically, this whole fight, it has been the two of them going back and forth. Not only fighting, but you're saying, not worthy. you're not worthy, I'm, I'm... I can't believe you avoided that hit. Uh-huh. I can't believe you took that hit. Well, you're not worthy to, I mean, th- th- that's all they're saying back Just and talking smack. But, but they're moving all over the places they're fighting, mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. But as far as the language and what they're saying, that's basically all they're saying back. How could you possibly have avoided that blow? And, and it, it, they're just saying the same thing like 20 different times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to Asgard and we see he's very upset. He's, he's watching his son do battle like a warrior and Cedric, Cedring? I would say Cedring? it, I think, Cedring, S-E-I-D-R-I-N-G, Cedring. Cedring, who is a right-hand man of Odin in yeah. this particular book. Never seen him before. Never seen him before. I, we won't see him after, after what happens. Uh, well, no. So, so Odin is watching Hercules and Thor battle. All at the same time, he's supposed to be thinking of some sort of punishment for Thor even being down there, being available to battle Hercules. And Cedring, his right-hand man at this time, says, this is all very well and good. We know he's brave. We know he can fight. But, however, there is a law, and you must bring him to task. You have to do something. You have to do something to punish him. Odin's like, I know that you're the highest-ranking member of my council, and thy words are true. And I know I have to do something. But I can't do it to my son myself. I can't do it. So he bestows his powers on Cedring. The stupidest thing in the world, the the All-Father, the All-Father, who is the wisest that there is, thinks it's smart to transfer his powers to some other person in his council. Not smart, not smart. But he says he can't bring it upon himself to do to place his son in the path of doom because he knows that once he reduces his powers that Hercules has a good chance of beating him and perhaps even killing him. So he says, I can't do this myself. He gives the power to Cedring. Cedring shoots the mighty bolt of lightning to earth and zap. There's a, there, they, see this, they see this flash of, power, of, of light and then all of a sudden Hercules feels not Hercules, I'm sorry, Thor, Thor, feels his powers leaving him. Right. And Hercules walls off and bops him a good one, and Thor is staggered. For the first time. For the first time. You know, the other blows, they were so strong, they might have pushed him back or mm-hmm. something. But he is actually but, staggered to the ground. Yeah, this one, uh, And Hercules, Hercules thinks, aha, I have outlasted him. I have better staying power than Thor does. I have outlasted him, and I am going to take him down. And there's part of a building still standing where the buildings are being demolished and Hercules picks up the building because he wants it to be a glorious move that takes out Thor. So he picks up this whole building and he throws it over onto Thor. But Thor puts his enchanted hammer up because even though he's lost his power, he knows his hammer will still be strong enough to help him. And he also realizes that Odin has taken half of his power as his punishment. So he manages to roll out from under the building using his hammer. And Hercules sees him, I can't I can't believe it. I can't believe you're still here, but that's all right. After oh, all. Oh, yeah, he, he won't so, give up. So he won't give up. And Hercules is goading him on, saying, you know, this is the end for you. You pitiful one, you. And Thor's like, I'm not defeated yet. So they continue to battle. Running forward, can't they? They're like, we can't believe Thor has been defeated. Hercules, Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. So they're taking pictures. They're saying um, the king is dead. Long live the king kind of thing. They've decided that Hercules will, will take his place. And all the women are gathering around. Oh, you're the greatest. And the, the little movie director guy says, I, remember me? I'm the one that offered you the movie contract. We will make you famous. And Hercules is like, I'm already famous. That was last episode, uh, issue. 
that the movie dude was right, in right, originally. Right. And and the guy's like, but wait a minute, um, swimming pools, beautiful starlets, fan clubs, TV residuals. And Hercules like, well, I accept because the world must have access to me. So Thor, while they're all wandering off, Thor is slowly getting to his feet. And he's like, I can't believe I've been defeated. Love you. And Thor's like, oh, what does that matter now? Whatever your motives, you set in motion something that can't be changed. That is always a bad idea. Yeah, it is. Don't ever try to make them jealous, Doing girls. something to try to make somebody jealous. That, yeah. That's just... Yeah. But yeah. Thor's like pushing her bad. away, saying, I am no longer who I was. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of you. I must leave. I have to gain my honor back. I'm now an object of ridicule. And Jane's like, I don't care. And Thor's like, no, I have to go. And Odin speaks to Jane. I think this is the first time Odin speaks to Jane. Uh, yeah, I think so. And tells her, my son was not beaten. His victory was stolen from him. Stolen by a shamed and remorseful father. He fought like the true son of Odin. He bore his defeat like a god, but now he hath need of thee. He hath done thee penance enough. Go to him, woman. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. That seems very out of character to me. Me too, because he's so anti-Jane. But now he's telling Jane to go to him. And Jane's like, I will, I will. And she goes after Thor. And that's the end of this this issue. So, um, I'm digging the story. The um, Thor and Hercules kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And... and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm digging the story. I like the art. Kirby, he's had some stuff to just fly with on this one. Yeah. The full page, two of them wrestling Battling. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Odin's big horn head. Um, yeah, he, he's really had some, some good uh, good stuff to work with in this in this issue. And I've noticed as they've been going on, he's been he's being given more and more opportunity to do that yeah. than what once was. Mm-hmm. So that's cool to see too. Well, I think was it was it a, just a comic book change? Was it all comic books, or was it just Thor? Because I noticed from reading Thor from the very beginning mm-hmm. that, and looking at a few other comic books along the way, because he was part of of a book and looking at different things, they were always like nine panel, nine picture in on a page, and that's how the story went. And now all of a sudden it went to like four on a page. Right. And now all of a sudden it's gone from full pages, half pages to four on a page. The, the, the nine panel is the standard. Okay. That's the way that you're supposed to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that because he's Jack Kirby, but it also will start going out across comic books, uh, being the artist, he is being given an opportunity to tell the story also. In his art. So Kirby was the start of that? More or less because of his talent and and not because of his talent, but because at this time there wasn't a whole lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. So people were really flocking to those books that would do the half and full page, you know, spread. Wow. You know, so it's it's I think it's a combination of they were doing it so, but then they were also getting the feedback to do it kind of. Okay. Um. Kind of synergy, yeah. Uh, both, you know, at the same time, and it, and it, it, Kirby and and Lee and and I would have to research this. I'm not exactly sure, but they also started the Fantastic Four, and they had been doing it a while before they got into Thor. Mm-hmm. So Kirby probably was already doing that on the Fantastic Four, and they were seeing that it was working. So then they started bringing it over to this as he was working on this to. Uh, to, to draw in that kind of audience as well. So now we move on to the continuing story in issue 127. And I love the cover yeah. of this issue. The Hammer and the Holocaust is the, the title on the front of the book. And it is a huge, beautiful picture of Odin holding the limp body of Thor amongst mass destruction. Right. I mean, there's just torn up metal and fire flickering at their feet. And Odin has his head down holding Thor in his arms. The hammer 
is dangling from the wrist strap around. Yeah, it's not even got us in his hand because he is it's, limp. It's dangling from. It's his, dangling. Yeah, so cool. So we start out with Jane following Thor, saying, "I love you ever so much." Nothing, nothing that's happened changes anything between us. And Thor saying, "Be gone." You may no longer speak to mighty thorns. Did you see before you a hollow mockery of him who has been God of thunder? He talks about how Odin has ripped him, ripped his powers from him, and the guilt is his and his alone, and a penance that he must bear by himself. This mm. is all this is also written by Stan Lee, Jack Kirby artist, Vince Coletta, delineator, Sam Sam Rosen, letterer Rose, instead of Simic. Artie must have been Simic got on his little feelings hurt. Because they were not giving him cute names, and he said, you just do it yourself. Well, what I was going to say is somebody needs to get Thor some cheese to go with that. I'm telling you. Got quite a wine going on there. Yeah. And Jane's like, no, you can't expect me to forsake you, not when you need me the most. And when I, I realized how much I truly loved you, and, and Thor's like, I will not have your pity. Have I not been humbled enough? Please, just go away. I, I must go and endure whatever fate awaits me. Even in defeat, there must be difficulty. And Jane grabs him and says, but what of me? What if you should never return? And Thor says, tis better. Remember me as I was and the happiness we have known. And he flees off from Jane. And Jane's going, come back. And Thor's like, no, I must go somewhere. (laughs) Shane, Shane, come back, Shane. (laughs) But he tells her as he's leaving, till the universe universe crumbles, my heart is ever thine. Let that be our epitaph and our glory. So Jane is like still wanting to following, but at the same time there's an accident. Someone gets hurt, and she's like, I'm, I'm a nurse. I have to go. So she goes to help this person who's hurt. And then we switch to Hollywood. Hollywood. Where they're, they're building a set for the great Hercules movie that they're going to have. And once and they again, have, man, this is Kirby's this chance is Kirby, to just I mean, cut this loose is a, with, this is a half page with all kinds of funkiness. Of no, it's psycho- a uh, yeah, it's more like two thirds, but yeah, okay, of, of a psychedelic acid trip, uh, yeah, kind of looking <laughs> stage. I mean, it's very sixties. Kind yeah, of thing it's going on some there. Some big cinematic kind of and set. it's like the floor is made out of a mirror or something because like it's very room, shiny. I guess, or something, but, yeah. but but they're they're working on a set and they're talking about the new Hercules movie and the new producer named Pluto who has been brought in to do this movie. Um, question: Do you know who Pluto is? No. Okay. Do you want me to tell you? It probably will come out, but do you want me to? Well, it doesn't really come out in this one exactly. Well, I know that he's sinister. I know he has a plan and a plot, but I don't know where he came from. Pluto is Zeus's brother, Hercules's uncle. Okay. As, um, yeah, I just said his name and I forgot it. Hercules's dad. Zeus. Zeus. Whew, man. Uh, as as Zeus is the ruler over. Olympia, Pluto is the ruler of of the land of the dead, whatever they call it. There's several okay. names, um, and his he's he's always had a, a a two two prong kind of issue. First of all, he doesn't like Hercules because Hercules is the uh, the the good boy, you know, and he doesn't like him. But also, Pluto is tired of being lord of the underworld. And the only way he can get away is if he finds someone else to take on the job. So he's his his motivation for anything he does is always one of those two things. If it's Hercules, he just wants to trash him because he doesn't like Hercules. Right. If he appears elsewhere in a story as a character, he's trying to do something to further getting out of Hades and somebody else taking over the job. In this particular story they have written that he's combining the two. Okay. He's going to try to trash Hercules uh-huh. by tricking him into taking over um, Hades. Okay. So. So the, the people, the crew that are working on the gaffs who are working on the movie are talking about Pluto and about how scary he looks and then they've never heard of him before and they wonder where he came from. 
And Pluto hears them, and he comes up and he says, you better be quiet and just do what I ask you to do. Look at him. I know, he's very scary he's looking. He's kind of a sinister looking dude. Man. I'm telling you. And the people and the guys are like, oh, okay. And he's, and then Pluto's like, just get out. I have no further use for you. I need to do something. And this is where I found out that he was something other than just a human being who was quite ugly. And he brings up a mystic, with a mystic pass of his hand, the molecules in the air change and turn into an image. And he speaks to him and he says, how is my underworld domain going? And, and the, the image says, fine as it's ever been, as it ever shall be. And, and yeah, he's talking to whoever he left in charge yeah, of Hades. Of Hades. And, and Pluto's like, there's need, time for it. We need a change. It's time for a change. And, and I will do something to change this. I have found such a replacement. And he's not dreaming of the fate that awaits him. Be gone. I should prepare as such. So then we see Thor. He's decided he's going to fly off somewhere to where he can think about what he's going to do now. Because even though his powers have been halved, Half is still more than any mortal, and he would still be able to do things there, but he, he feels that he's been found unworthy, and he has to think. So he goes to the top of the mountain, and he's thinking. And Odin's like, I, I can't stand it any longer. He's watching Thor being all despaired, and, and he's like, I can't do, I can't do, any, I can't do this anymore. He's watching Thor what? Being all despaired. Being, being all despaired. Yes. I, I like that. He's disparaged. Okay. So Odin decides he's had enough of a punishment. I must take, you know, take, give him his powers back and, and, and just take away this, this despair that he has all over him. And Cedric is like, hmm, it wasn't you that took his powers. I do believe it was me. And I did it with the awesome Odin power that you gave me. And so, therefore, I don't think you're going to be in charge anymore. I think I'm going to be in charge because I have the Odin power. And Odin's like, what? You dare? Like, you can't do this. You, you, you're a traitor. And he's like, well, I'm a traitor with all the power. So there you go. Empty words. You can say whatever you want. I have the power. So he's, like, really trashing Odin. Because he has Odin's power and Odin does not, and the and the the soldiers Balder and all them start breaking in to see what's going on because they can hear all this ruckus that's going on in Odin's chambers, and Cedring is like Odin's dethroned. I have the power now, so you best share, swear your allegiance to me, or I'll just kill you. And Balder's like, fine. Now I'm not going to swear my allegiance to someone such as you. Just kill me. So while all this is going on, Thor has decided that what he must do is go back to Asgard, face his father, and let him and acquit himself before his father. And he comes in, he sees Hemdall on the bridge, and he's encased in this block of erythial force, is what they call it. It looks like a big block of ice right. tr- uh, around Hemdall. I guess it's just force. Mm-hmm. And Hemdall tells him, you must go back. You don't know what's going on here, and, and it's, it's bad. But Thor's like, no, I can't just go back. I have to go see what's going on. My father's in control, so therefore it has to be something he's done, but he's never done anything like that to Hemdall before. I don't understand. And he he goes into the halls, and he sees the other warriors of Asgard encased in these energy bands and being held back. And he's like, what's going on? What what have you all done to Odin to make him so angry? Because he figures it still has to be his father because his father has all the power. Right, nobody else has the power to do that. And they're like, it's not your father. He suffers no better than us. He's he's in there in trouble. So that really spurs Thor on because he's like, I don't care if I only have half my power. I've got to help my father. He sees Balder, who's frozen in time on his steed. He's like, if any harm has fallen my father, I'll take care of it. And Cedring tells has apparently hears him now and has said not only has harm fallen but he has lost the whole universe and Thor's like I know that voice I know that voice the voice of Cedring the Merciless and Cedring's like yep it's me and you shall not defeat me because I have all your father's powers swear allegiance to me because there is no one else and Thor's like no I won't do it though the flames consume me I will not swear my allegiance to you I'm only to Odin and Cedring's like, well, fine, we'll just see what happens. And then we switch back to Earth. And we switch back to Pluto, who has got this beautiful woman in this fancy garb that he's getting ready to send out. 
and she's the queen of the Amazons. And he's going to get her to go, I'm, I'm assuming, and trap, entrap Hercules. Because, some, yeah, yeah. Because I don't think, it, I think that one of the lures is that you can't resist the queen of the Amazons. Her beauty is such. Yeah, one of the, the legends. But I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. What does it say here? Deed, it truly befits the one who is queen of the Amazons. Now, I wonder, is she queen of the Amazons or is that the part she is playing in this movie? See, I suspect that she is one of the Olympian goddesses that he has gotten to help okay. with his plot. But I, I don't know. I mean, she's, you know, she's tall, blonde, which could be any of them. At yeah. this time, they were they they all look like that. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious as to whether or not this is somebody that we're supposed to know, or it is truly like a throwaway character for this story. Okay. But she is going to entrap Hercules, and Pluto has a genuine Olympian pact, which cannot be broken, which he's trying to get Hercules to sign without knowing what he's signing. Right. And the blonde chick's going to get him to do that. Yeah, she's going to, kind of like a, um, a, a Samson and Delilah yeah, kind of thing. kind of thing. So then we switch back to Asgard, and we see Cedring and Thor still fighting, and Cedring like, I don't know... How can you expect to attack one who pass, who possesses the Odin power? And he distorts space and time for the for the blow that Thor's aiming at him with his hammer. And he's like, I don't know, but I will fight. I will fight until I am dead, because that is the way I am. So Cedric brings these rocks over, just throws them at him, and and there's a beautiful half page of these rocks flying through the air, getting ready to land on Thor. And he's laughing. And he thinks it's sport. And Thor falls back into a mystic, irresistible force, posing to the center of the fantastic globule of liquefied wolfbane that's going to steal the rest of his powers that he had. And then he really will be helpless because he won't even have his half power that he had before. And Thor's like thinking, 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 what can I do, what can I do, what, what can I do? I can't just give up. Suddenly he breaks free. And he thinks there has to be a power here that's just as, that that can do something against the power of Odin, and he remembers the the sword of Odin. So he's battling to get to the sword of Odin, and Cedring is not knowing that's what he's trying to do. Is still throwing things at him, rocks and crystals and stuff, trying to get him. And they're arguing back and forth, and Thor's like, I'm going to defeat you. I, sh- I shall defeat you in some manner. And Cedring's like, I can't believe how silly you are. But then there's a certain, a sudden burst of lightning, and and Thor causes all this electrifying imagery, and suddenly Cedring can't see at the moment because it's all been so bright. Right. And But he can see in his mind's eye that Thor is running towards something. And Thor finally gets to the Odin sword and said, if I can just touch it, then I will be able to do something. So he touches the sword, and he and, and by this time, Cedric knows what he's trying to do, and he's trying to, to fight him back so that he can't do anything. But Thor's like, I can't stop now. I have to do this. And he reaches the sword. Finally, he does this mad leap and grabs the sword. And he says, Cedric, heed my words. I will drop the sword and you know what that means i guess that means pull it out of its thing because I, I didn't necessarily understand the concept of drop I, I don't i don't get that i guess if 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 he unsheathes the sword it will drop i guess I, if he I, takes it out of the yeah sheath. i take it just to mean if he unsheathes it that will bring about the end of the universe but mm-hmm. oddly enough that's what he uses to trash the uh world tree, tree. in the in the current version yeah Okay. But he, but he's telling, he's telling Cedric, you know, I will totally destroy everything, because wouldn't Asgard prefer, wouldn't every Asgardian prefer to be dead than to be under your power? Too, because Cedric's like, no, 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 don't destroy everything. I don't want to die. So he gives the power up, <coughs> back to Odin. Sorry, and. Um, 
Odin accepts the power and immediately sends Cedring away. Said, you, you better run because I will find you and, and there will be vengeance upon you. But he runs first to Thor, Odin does, because he sees that he is just totally exhausted. He has zapped all of his strength. And in fact, as Odin gets to him, he collapses in Odin's arms. And that's where the image of the front page comes from. Because Odin is carrying him off to the healing room, I'm, I'm assuming, and calling him the noblest Asgardian of all. And then next issue, that's the end of this issue. Next issue, we will find out more about Pluto. Yeah, what he's doing with Hercules. So, a good end <coughs> to the, the Asgard part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, again, lots of good Kirby stuff. Yeah. Um, Some good art in this one, too. Yeah. Good yeah, there's pages. just good. It's, you know, it, it maybe isn't as, as um, the same type of art as, as a lot of the more popular artists today do. But I, I really enjoy Kirby's vastness in his art. Well, he manages to portray strength and um, movement without it being so dark and sinister as it is today. I've noticed in some of the more modern mm. comic books that we've read, okay. it's... Not only movement and strength, but there's also such a darkness, such a foreboding feel to all the art. And back in Kirby's day, it was more showing you that he was powerful and that there there were problems out there and things he had to fight, but that he had the power to do it. And they weren't so dark. I don't know. It's just it was a whole lighter feel back in Kirby's day. All right, and to finish up our book discussion for today is the first issue of the new volume of The Mighty Thor, uh, scripted by Matt Fraction, penciled by Olive Copiel, inks by Mark Morales, and it was colored by a platoon here, Laura Martin, Justin Ponzer, and Pete, Peter Steigerwald. So... Uh, This issue one opens up in Broxton at a church. Um, Sign here tells you the times, but it doesn't tell you what church it is, I guess. It just says a religious school. Avoid avoid, uh, um, hurting anybody's feelings or insulting anybody. Uh, The pastor is talking about man's place, basically. They've just seen all this monstrous stuff go on with their neighbors in Asgard who claim to be gods. Mm -hmm. So the pastor um, of a Christian religion uh, launches into a discussion of a god, little g, and god, capital G. And man, where do we fit in? Are they gods? How does that rate with the god that we believe in? Faith, you know, that's that's his whole thing. And he he just starts into into a sermon. The uh, book cuts to a scene of the Silver Surfer, who is looking over the the uh, the death of a planet. Naturally, it's dying. Uh, he has located this planet for his master Galactus, so he goes back to Galactus to report, and Galactus in turn devours this planet. Now, a little bit of background. Um, Galactus and Silver Surfer. Uh, Galactus is this cosmic level entity that feeds. That's all he does. He just eats. He eats planets that are capable of sustaining life. Silver Surfer is a man who pledged himself to Galactus's service in return for Galactus not devouring his planet, which was inhabited. Galactus accepted the 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 um, trade gave him powers, and now Silver Surfer is his quote-unquote herald. He goes out, searches for these planets, finds them, and directs Galactus to them. Now, Mm -hmm. Silver Surfer is a a man with a conscience. So what he constantly tries to do is to steer Galactus away from habited planets and only use those that can sustain life but are inhabited at the time. That's that's a thumbnail. There's a whole big backstory behind both of them. There was a period of time that Galactus took on other heralds, and Silver Surfer was banished to Earth. He couldn't leave. 
Um, Silver Surfer has actually turned and fought Galactus. Galactus has come to Earth three or four times and been beaten off. It's, um, excuse me, been defeated. And so there's just a, a variety, you know, there's there's a whole backstory. A lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, Silver Surfer, uh, uh, Fantastic Four lore is connected to Silver Surfer and uh, Galactus because I believe that is the first place that they popped up was in the Lee Kirby Fantastic Four. So that's that's what we're, they're doing there. So uh, Silver Surfer leaves Galactus sucking up that planet through his big cosmic straw and goes off in search of another one and detects an energy source that, that will keep Galactus fed for a long time, which to Silver Surfer would be good because he really doesn't like having to steer him towards these life-sustaining planets because he understands what a, a resource that is. And, and But through the course of all the stories, it has been determined that Galactus is a fundamental force of the universe. He can't be destroyed and gotten rid of. It would upset the balance of the universe. So he must exist. He must be allowed to do what he does. So Silver Surfer tries to uh, help him do that with as little... Impact loss on. of life yeah. as possible. All right, so we cut back to the church. Uh, the the pastor is still going on with the um, Big G, little the G. thrust of the sermon, as I described earlier. We cut back to Asgard, where Odin is talking to a troll. A um, excuse me, yeah, a troll, and uh, about how far they have gotten, and it turns out that Thor and Lady Sif have dove into the heart of the world tree to get down to the root, the true heart of the root for something. Come to find out that what they're looking for is the seed of the tree because the damage that Thor inflicted at the end of the previous volume apparently was enough to kill the tree and they cannot allow the tree to just die. Mm -hmm. So uh, as Thor and Sif they're, they're in these, uh, like, underwater suits, so they're, like, diving attached to this mystical chain. And interestingly enough, the chain has been stretched out so far to 66,958 leagues. And Odin says, good, they're almost there. <laughs> so apparently the root of the world tree extends quite a bit Ooh. through the dimensions. On a quest to secure the world heart at its root. So there's there's what it's called, the world heart. So uh, Thor and Sif encounter these centipede grubby looking things zipping around the water that are the protectors of the world heart, kind of like the antibodies in a biological being fighting an infection, which is Thor and Sif. And Thor makes that observation. Mm -hmm. That's that's not me summarizing that's basically what thor says so they're they're fighting these uh, these guardians here and then we cut to loki who is talking to the dwarves because apparently the dwarves fashioned the suits that thor and sif are wearing and loki requested that they fashion one for him too he feels that he needs to go on a rescue mission for thor because he's had a dream that that's what he needs to do the dwarf is withholding even though they have an agreement he's withholding the suit because he doesn't trust loki duh who does so he even asked the warriors three do you yeah trust the 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 dwarf asked the warriors three if they trust loki and all three of them basically say uh no but they're with loki because odin i believe it was at the end of the previous volume or maybe in journey into mystery or somewhere has directed that they watch over and protect him if not Odin, Thor. I think it was Thor. Okay. So that's why they're they're watching Because Thor was afraid Odin was going to do something to like Yeah, to him. And so, you know, basically the dwarf says, you know, the, the last time I remember you as a man, you were responsible for all of this. Uh, Asgard crashing down, the war against Asgard, you know, all of this is your fault. And basically everyone comes to the conclusion that, no, they can't trust him, so the dwarf gives him the suit. I think that's because Loki looks at him and says, seriously, say, I know my brother's in trouble, and I know that I need to go help him. Just let me go. And I think he thinks, well, okay, either he's, one, going to die, 
or two going to save Thor. He, that's really what he needs to do. So, so, so he dives into this uh, cut in the in the the universe, and is told by Odin that hopefully you'll find Thor because we don't have another chain to secure you to pull you back. And Loki says, "Well, that's okay. Thor will bring me back." Um, cut back to Thor and Sif, who are still fighting these guardians. Loki comes on them and kills the last of the guardians with his stick of great stabbing, is what he calls it, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then they get down uh, into everything and they find the world heart. They grab it and they head back up. They get there and um, give Odin the seed, and everybody goes their separate ways. Um, oddly enough, their Thor doesn't eat. He doesn't celebrate the accomplishment of this mission, and apparently he doesn't please the Lady Sif. During the battle, uh, he was injured by one of the Guardians, and he is slightly worried about the state of that injury. But he's also worried about just things in general. So he, he wasn't able he wasn't able to perform for whatever reason. Uh, cut back to the the pastor here. One final uh, comment about faith to one of his other parishioners here, a, a young redheaded girl, and we see that Silver Surfer has found his way to Earth and is overlooking Earth, um, overlooking the U.S with this bright flare coming off of the United States in the Midwest portion, approximately where Broxton is. Mm-hmm. So he, he has found the source of this, this energy source, and it's here on Earth. And thus closes the first issue of the new Mighty Thor volume. I must say, I did enjoy that much better than I did that world eaters thing that Fraction tried to do. Yes. This is much better. Much better story already. Uh, much better art. art I, I enjoy very much. I much always have art. enjoyed his art. So, all in all, that is a much better book. This is the kind of feel that I was hoping Fraction would bring to it. I don't know what happened with that first story. I, I don't. That's okay. We're past it. We'll just move I on and into this one we like. So, all right, guys. So there we go. There was uh, basically the the gist of our our episode today. Uh, next time, we'll talk about the 66, 1966 volume of the Mighty Thor issues one twenty eight and one twenty nine, and the two thousand eleven volume issue six twenty three of Journey into Mystery, which is already out. It came out this past Wednesday. Yesterday, yes. as we record this. Okay, um, the um, I stated before the reason we weren't going to get into a big, long, extended review of Thor, and I, I was going to tell you guys the thirty-five reasons why Terry and I decided not to. Well, they are as follows: as of sitting down to record this, these are the comic book podcasts that have done. Thor movie reviews. If you guys want an in-depth review on the Thor movie, um, I'm sure one of these podcasts will be able to uh, to help you out. And all of these podcasts, if any of you guys listen to this, you can consider this some free advertising. So we've got Comic Impact. We've got Alter Ego's Cosmic Cubecast Real Deal, which was the first episode of their Real Deal show. Awesomed by Comics. Bagged and Bored, B-O-R-E-D, Between the Panels, The Big Fanboy Livecast, The Outhouse Pirate Podcast, Afro Nerd Radio's Weekend Review for the week of May 8th, Cape Town Community Podcast Extra, Chill Out, It's Just a Podcast, Chronic Insomnia, Comic Book Savant, which I would recommend, Comic Vine Podcast, Comics Corner, Audio Shocker podcast, the Comic Book Crossfire podcast, the Comics of Doom podcast, the Gigaheim podcast, A Half Hour Wasted, the Legions of 
the Legion of Dudes podcast, Funny Books with Aaron and Polly, the iFanboy Special Edition, the Modern Myth Media podcast, which is a pretty good one. They basically talk about the higher conceptual things behind comic book movie, uh, comic book based movies. Uh, the Nerd Herd Show, the non-canonical comic podcast, which is an Australian-based podcast, and they were the first guys that uh, had a Thor review up because Thor opened in Australia two weeks before it did here. The Pop Culture Network's The Entertainment Center podcast, The Two-Headed Nerd Show, The Extra Sequential podcast, Wednesday Warriors podcast, The Next Issue podcast, Two-in-One Showcases at the Movies podcast, the Boku Pops Show, Comic Issues Podcast, Exploring the Multiverse Podcast, which is a video podcast, and The Watchtower. Now, I didn't go into episode uh, episode numbers, but all of those shows that have come out since the middle of last week to now, basically the latest episodes for most, but not for all of them, are all, all contain uh, Thor movie reviews of varying lengths. Okay. On our way out, uh, Terry, is there anything else you want to add? No, just I'm happy with this new storyline, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting more of those. Me too. Reading what's going to happen. Yeah, I I think this one will be Can't wait to see what this little glowing wound on Thor does. Yeah, is it going to be That could be interesting. Is that like the the egg of one of those things, and Mm -hmm. it's going to chest burst or something? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, guys, the email is themightythorcast at gmail.com. The website is comicbooknoise slash Thor. We have a Facebook fan page, The Mighty Thorcast. It's usually where we hang out. Other news that pops up, I'll usually post on there. Feel free to, to give us uh, some feedback. Way. Man, we're missing you, dog. We haven't heard anything from you in a little while. Hopefully everything's okay. I hope that's not why you haven't been uh, conversing with us lately, but we're, we're looking forward to uh, to hearing back from you. Do we still have the Facebook page up? We, we did get a, a, a comment. Uh, it's been several weeks ago, and I, I just neglected to pick up that we had gotten a comment on our fan page on Facebook. Why is it so slow when you're trying to be? Because that's the way those kind of electronic things go. I'm telling you. Like everything slows down when you're trying to go in a hurry. Okay. And our comment was from Corey Summers. I love the podcast. Keep it up, guys. And a smiley face. So there you go. There's our feedback for this episode. Uh, Most of the feedback we've been getting is positive, so that's cool. Uh, Any of you guys that do download us off of iTunes, please leave a review. Uh, especially now after the movie, hopefully there's going to be a little bit more interest in trying to um, trying to find a Thor-based podcast. Also, if uh, if I could throw out a howdy to the Nerdy Thirties podcast, N E R D Y three zero. We ran into those guys during Free Comic Book Day, and they did an interview with us. Um, and they're also a comic-based podcast. They just haven't done an actual sit-down Thor review yet, but. It's a pretty good show. It's it's local to us, called the Nerdy Thirties. So if you guys get a chance, they talk about comic books, but also TV, movies, games, just general nerd stuff. Um, so if you're interested in any of those things, give those guys a listen too. They're they're pretty enjoyable. All right, guys, um, that's it for this week. Uh, hopefully, here before too long, Terry and I will sit down and do the next show, seeing as how we have all the next books already. So yep. be looking for that on the feed. Otherwise, just keep listening. Uh, hit up some of these other podcasts that I named. They're all fellow comic book podcasts, and, and they've done a show on Thor that you know potentially could interest you guys that listen to our show. So I'm not necessarily advocating all of them. I did have a word or two about a couple. I've listened to most of these. Uh, a lot of the guys said things that I didn't agree with. Some of them I did agree with, but you know that's the way it goes. So All right, we'll uh, sit down and talk to you guys next time. Until then, uh, go out and see the Thor movie, man. Show them that we're interested in stuff like that. 
Hopefully they'll do up a, a second movie and, and more. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.